You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rival. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this planet who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into visionary life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you, it's in all of us. Let's dive in. Welcome back. This week, I am chatting with Kyla Clark, who is a freelance writer and content strategist. After taking the leap into full-time freelance in 2018, her mission now is to help others to do the same, which is why she's building online workshops and resources that will support and inspire others so they can stop feeling stuck and start building the lives of their dreams. She also hosts a podcast called The High Vibe Show, which features interviews with freelancers and creative entrepreneurs who are living life on their own terms. You're going to find this conversation with Kyla extremely helpful if you've ever thought of starting a freelance business or quitting your full-time gig to pursue a different path. More on Kyla shortly, but first I'm going to share a quick update with you. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving, we're celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend, I just wanted to share a few things that I am thankful for. And this is a really great practice to get into if you don't already do it. I first got into sharing my gratitudes um, with myself through a practice called the five minute journal. And this is a journal that you can buy online. And it really got me thinking about morning and night, having a ritual where you share three things that you're grateful for. So I thought I'd share with you today three plus a bonus things that I am grateful for on this beautiful weekend. So number one, it's not very unique, I guess, but I really am grateful for my family and of course all my extended family, but especially my husband. And one of the things that really stuck out and how I'm making this more specific, because I do believe in getting specific with your gratitudes, is having a husband who supports my dreams for this lifetime And in the same way that I support his too. And as you guys know, that's something that's so important to me to continually be growing and evolving our vision for the life that we want to live. And so I'm very, very thankful to have someone who never tells me that my dreams are too big and always encourages me that I am limitless in my potential in this world. The second thing that I'm really grateful for is actually just have a home. And again, that's not super specific and I do love getting specific in my gratitude. So today I'm really thankful for a kitchen where I can come to cook nourishing food and to really fuel us with 
nutrients and nourishing dishes that I believe make us better humans and better business owners. I have trouble showing up to my business when I don't feel myself with really good food. So that's always been a core driving factor in having a great day or week is making sure the fridge is stocked with all the best stuff. And I spent some time today just making a a veggie packed soup and we ate it with some local sourdough rye bread and I'm just very grateful for the food that we're able to put on our plates. Number three, I'm so grateful, you probably could have guessed this one, to have built this business. Uh, This business being my consulting practice and my coaching clients. And one thing that I'm extra grateful for is that I'm able to have this business that I run solely by myself and it supports my health and my happiness and my long-term goals for my life. So no longer am I feeling like a slave to building someone else's dream, but really in crafting the vision that I have for helping others and and spreading my impact and making a difference in this world like I know I can. And every single day that I get to pour into the Visionary Life brand and my coaching program called The Visionary Method, I'm just really flooded with gratitude to work with such amazing clients and to help them actualize their goals. And I do believe that because we spend so much time at work in North America, probably between 40 and 70 hours is the normal work week, that it's important to enjoy what we do and make sure that if that's not the case right now, we're building up our skill sets and our belief in ourselves in order to move on to that next career path. And the bonus one that I I have to express this because we're coming on two years of this podcast and I just want to say that I'm super grateful to have people like yourself the you that's listening. I'm so, so thankful to have you as part of my community. And whether we've met before or maybe we will not meet for a while because you are hours and hours and long flights away from me, I don't care because I am just so grateful for the people I've met through this community. It's been so cool to just rally the troops in times when I'm hosting a retreat or doing an online event and knowing that there are certain people who have been showing up and who I have become friends with that I'm just extremely um, grateful and thankful to have their presence. And um, it's just so neat to know that the day and age that we live in can build online community in the way that I have done with all of you. So thank you so much. So that's all for now. Uh, Sending lots of warm fall vibes to you and your family. And let's get on with the show. Speaking of grateful, I am super grateful to have found an online shopping experience that allows my family to eat healthy and support our bodies and minds with nourishing foods and supplements. So thank you to Healthy Planet for sponsoring today's show. And maybe like me, when it comes to supplementation, you feel like it can be a little overwhelming, right? There's a lot of misinformation when it comes to supplements, and it's confusing to know how much to take, when, which brands, and that's just an overwhelm that we don't want to be dealing with. 
And even as a graduate of the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, which I graduated from about six years ago, I know food is the number one way that we should be getting our nutrients, but it's just not always enough. So I just wanted to quickly recommend three supplements that I take almost every day. I'm not perfect, but three that I believe most people can benefit from. So number one would be a multivitamin. Number two would be a good quality fish oil. And number three would be a probiotic, okay? These are three supplements that can be your baseline insurance policy just to really support your body, your soul, your mind, and to ensure that you're meeting all your uh, nutrient requirements. So Healthy Planet does have 28 locations across Ontario, but if you want to shop online, you can do that, healthyplanetcanada.com, and I have a discount code, so please use the code VISIONARY10 at checkout and save 10% off any online order that's a minimum of $49. So Kyla and I had such a fun conversation about our paths from full-time corporate work to now tackling our own freelance businesses that reflect the quality of life that we desire. Kyla is super real about the highs, the lows, and what it takes to make ends meet as a first-time freelancer. We actually did a podcast swap when we were together, so I'll be sure to share with you all when she releases the episode that her and I recorded together. So let's dive in. You're about to hear from Kyla on topics like why finding multiple streams of income was something she desired, how she hustled hard to land the job of her dreams before going freelance. She shares some of her best tips for aspiring and startup freelancers. We have a conversation about how to know when it's time to raise your rates and get paid what you deserve as a freelancer. And she shares tips for people looking to hire freelancers in case you are in a position of needing help but not sure where to begin. So be sure to find Kyla at kylafclark.com or on Instagram at the Kyla Clark with an E at the end. And she's also got a Facebook group called The High Vibe Co. that you can request to join. So let's dive into this week's episode with Kyla Clark. Enjoy. Kyla, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm super excited to interview you. I think we were connected through a mutual friend, April. Miss April Miranda. Miss April, shout out to her. She's always on this podcast. We're on my podcast. I mean, she is like well connected and she's just such an amazing person to be connected to. So grateful to her for yeah getting us in touch. And I can't wait to dive into your journey. I know you've dabbled in everything from full-time work to now being full-time freelance. And we're going to get into that whole journey today. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So we always start the show with some rapid fire. So just answer the first thing that comes to mind and it'll be a great way for the listeners to get to know you. Cool. So number one, where did you grow up? Small town, Alberta. All right, and what brought you to Toronto? Um, so I went to school in Ottawa, actually, so that was my first taste of like leaving my town, which, by the way, I cannot wait to get rid of. Oh. Or, sorry, to get out of <laughs> Like, I couldn't wait to leave, and oh. so was, like, this first chance I had, I was like, moving to Ottawa, I went to school there, I traveled a bit, and then I actually moved home for a year, traveled some more, returned to Ottawa, and then finally I got a job here in Toronto in music marketing, and Very cool. made the transition and moved down here. 
Awesome. A mattress strapped to a rental car. <laughs> I'd like to see a photo of that. Oh I have one. <laughs> we'll post it in the show notes yeah. and we can find it. Yeah. Is there a book or a podcast that you're loving right now? Um, I mean, other than the Visionary Life podcast. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, right now I'm reading, um, oh my God, what is it called? I'm just blanking. You're going to need to Who's the this. author? It's Napoleon Hill. Um, Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. That's yes. like a classic. I still yeah. haven't read it. I think I bought it for like $7.99 at Indigo. Yeah. Somebody recommended it to me. It's really old. Like it was written a long time ago. So you really have to like keep that in mind when you're reading yes. <laughs> like some of like the phrases that he uses. But um, yeah, I think it's really inspiring. I think a lot of the teachings are still relevant for today. It, people say that's the original book about like manifest what you want in yeah. life and it was written I don't even know I when I say the 30s way before it's time yeah like now that stuff is so trendy and everyone's talking about it but yes. this man was well ahead of the curve yes. which is pretty cool totally when you feel stressed or overwhelmed what do you do I think taking a break is huge I'm not one to like power through if I'm feeling stressed I feel like that usually just makes it worse mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of like stepping away getting some air taking a walk having a meal having a drink <laughs> and just yoga as well it's like a huge part of my life now and I find even if I don't think I need a yoga class I always do and I always feel better after I go so yeah you never just, regret the workout no I never do <laughs> Do you prefer working from home or away from home? Because I know as a freelancer, sometimes we have the luxury, but yeah. it's not always the most beneficial situation to stay in bed. So what's your preference? Definitely away from home. Like I find it really hard to get motivated when I am at home. I live in a really small apartment. I don't really have like a good office space. So for me to get out of the house is key. Although I will say that I love the the flexibility of like if I'm sick or it's a snow day like I can stay in and work from home if I want to which I love mm -hmm. it is a nice perk mm -hmm. so let's zoom it back to before you got to where you are today essentially yeah. so you mentioned you kind of started your career path or your studies in Ottawa yeah. and then eventually moved to Toronto for music marketing so maybe just walk us through that time period in your life Totally. So I went to school for linguistics, which is kind of one of those degrees that it's like either you become a permanent academic or you'll just like never find a job in that field. And I went with the never find a job in that field route. Um, but actually when I was going to school, I got a part-time job at a radio station and that was a huge game changer for me because that's when I realized that like you can have a job you love, you can have a cool job and you can do something that's untraditional because even when I went to school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just like, this sounds cool. I like language, studied it. But once I realized like, oh, you can have an unconventional job, I became really passionate about that. And music was a huge passion of mine. And I really dedicated like the first part of my 20s to finding work in the music industry, um, which was also extremely challenging. And I had a really hard time with that. But that was like, it was always the dream to move to Toronto to work in music. So I kind of took like a loopy way of getting there. I worked, I've worked like more jobs than a fugitive, like the radio station, I've worked at restaurants, I've worked at cafes, I've worked at a grocery store. I worked, my first job ever was at Tim Hortons. Like I've kind of, I worked at a hair salon for a year and a half. Um, so I kind of like moved all around and then I kind of like interspersed those jobs with travel as well, which is a huge passion of mine. Um, so eventually after like enough traveling and kind of like 
feeling lost, I decided to go back to school and I did a one-year college program in professional writing. And that was where I was like, oh, I can work in marketing. I didn't really know what that was. Like, what is marketing or like what that would do? I actually thought that I was going to get into magazine writing um, or something like that. But then I randomly applied for this marketing job at a music marketing company here in Toronto. And that was just kind of like my moment it felt like it was my big break or like my dream so Mm. packed up all my things and moved to Toronto so cool I love that you were able to take something you were passionate about such as music and realize like there is opportunity if you're willing to dedicate yourself and work hard and chase it because a lot of people think they can't get a job doing something that they love yeah. they just think oh gosh like it there's no careers in that industry or i'll never be able to put my foot in the door but it's really neat to hear that you were able to take that and find work in it yeah it may have taken time and working all these other odd jobs yeah. but i'm sure all those odd jobs of working in restaurants and hair salons they just set you up for success and to be resilient and to be patient yeah, yeah. and i will say like pursuing a job especially like in the music industry it is kind of something that it has that entrepreneurial edge to it because it is such a tough industry and you know even like living in Ottawa like there is no music business so you have to kind of do it yourself so we were doing things like putting on concerts I was interviewing bands I had a music blog I was trying to do like freelance PR even though I didn't even really know what that meant at the time but I was just like finding bands to work with so like that's part of it too it's like you have to be scrappy it barely made any money doing that stuff but I loved it and that's why I was willing it kind of gave me that experience is that something that's like innate in you to be scrappy or did you have to learn that muscle of like oh I have to reach out to people I have to start a blog and see who I can interview no I think that's like who I am yeah although yeah like even when I was in high school I guess like my friends and I just kind of always had creative projects that we were working on like stupid little things that like kept us busy on the weekends kept us out of trouble um so I feel like I've always been like a creative person and then as I became an adult I like channeled that creativity into scrappiness I guess I love it I think it's such a great uh, quality to have as an entrepreneur yeah you have to get yourself out there and make it work sometimes without money or not a lot of time or not a lot of resources Mm -hmm. and if you're not scrappy you're gonna have a hard time getting into the industry so that's pretty cool so at that time you're in this music industry job like were you happy there did you love working um more of a corporate job or was it more entrepreneurial so this music company was a startup and it was like it was this job that I had put on a pedestal I thought it was my big break I thought it was going to be like my hopes and dreams realized no (laughs) it was not what it seemed at all it was a really toxic workplace culture it was a lot of like a smaller company than I thought it was so speaking of scrappy like they were very scrappy themselves and as much as like I left living in Toronto and I was so grateful for it to have helped me move here and to put my, like get my foot in the door in the music business in Toronto. I worked there for exactly four months before they terminated my contract. And then eight months later they went out of business. So Mm, makes sense. These things happen. (laughs) So where did you go next? Like, were you devastated after being terminated or did you see it as a clean break where you're like, okay, now I can go pursue something else. I mean, I was definitely happy that I wasn't like I didn't 
don't have to go there ever again. Like, I was like, oh, I never have to return to this place. That feels nice. Um, but I was like, oh, crap. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I just moved to Toronto. How am I going to make it work and survive here? And for exactly two weeks, I was unemployed and I started a freelance business, which you know, it was like two weeks. It was my first time ever doing that. I worked with musicians in the city who I had met. I kind of did a little bit of like blog writing and some PR stuff for them. Really like small amounts of money, but it was something. And then simultaneously, like a friend had hooked me up with a job and I ended up like getting that job and kind of moving into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And I sort of put the freelance stuff to the side and kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I have a similar story and I talked to many guests too about that, of being let go from a job and then pretty much like the next day being like, I think I'm just gonna start a freelance business because yeah. it is something that you can pick up and you can do it for a few months and you can put it on hold. And it's a great way to make money. And we live in 2019 where a lot of companies and brands, they need contractors and freelancers like us. And mm-hmm. They want to pay for services on an hourly or on a package basis. Mm-hmm. There's so much opportunity, if anyone's listening who's out of work right now, to package up your skills and to make some money, like mm-hmm. even if it's just a bit of cash while you're between career paths. So I think it's cool that you were able to do that and turn a negative into a positive of gaining yeah. some skills in that, in that world. Totally. And that, like... Definitely looking back on it, I was like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. I was so inexperienced at that time. But like, hey, at least I was trying. I was putting myself out there. I was networking. And like, it did bridge the gap until I found like a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I think at that age too, like I needed the stability and I needed that full-time job. So like, I'm also grateful that that happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So walk us through then the next few years of your life. So you said you went back to corporate. Yeah. So what kind of jobs did you work in the next five-ish years? So this one, it wasn't like super corporate. It was kind of like a startup, but they had like a legacy brand as well that was kind of tied together. And I got a job as a marketing coordinator and I ended up working there for two and a half years, which it was never supposed to be like that. It was just supposed to be like a temporary job until I found something else in music. But that's how things go. And it was, it was for a digital learning company, so it wasn't exactly my passion, but it was still, like, cool work, and I learned a lot about just marketing and working in business, and, like, because it was a small team, you get insight into, like, all of the everyday mm-hmm. operations of a company, which I actually really liked learning. Like, I think I was more interested in that part than I was in my actual work, but then it was also, like, great for my resume, because at that point, I really didn't have a lot of, like, professional creative experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked there for two and a half years and like always had my eyes set kind of on something else, um, when I could. And then eventually I found an opportunity with, um, another startup, which was a women's, uh, fashion brand. And the role was for a full-time writer, which like as a writer, that's like a dream job. And women's issues are always like really important to me too. So I thought that that would be the perfect fit and I was so excited. And that was really one of those moments where I like hustled hard to get that job. Like I stalked the CEO down at an event and like introduced myself to her. And like, like if you want to talk about Scrappy, I was like so Scrappy for that job. I think I also stalked like the hiring manager on LinkedIn. I messaged him, I emailed him, I found her. And then she told him to like contact me and yeah, two interviews and a writing task later, I got the job. Um, and again, it was like, you put it on a pedestal and it wasn't really like what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Again, with a toxic workplace culture, 
And I made like so many amazing friends at that company, lots of really cool people. I learned a lot, gained a lot of experience. Again, like working for a startup, you get to see the business side of things and how things are run. Um, and then after nine months, contract was terminated and there I was out on the streets again trying to figure out my next move. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just under a year ago. So that was when I made the decision to go freelance full time. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And before we move on to that, I yeah. love that you hustled for that job because <laughs> I think that is actually what you need to do these days to get your dream job. Like you're not just going to apply blindly with a resume no. and get the damn job of your dreams. No, no, no. So I love that you said like you went on LinkedIn, you went to an event, you stopped the CEO. Like those are things that anyone listening should be doing if they're looking to get a job um, that they've been eyeing down for many yeah. years or months because that is what it takes. And I just love to hear that. I think that's inspiring. And it just goes to show like you just didn't fall into the perfect career path. You yeah. worked for it. You so. have to. Yeah. And it was like constant emails, like following up, like, hello, just checking in. Like you have to be so annoying. And like, you know, you worry that you're coming across too strong or whatever, but it's actually like these people are so busy. Like it's never about you. They're always like focused on a million other things, especially in a startup and in like mm-hmm. Toronto's like competitive market. It's like you have to get yourself noticed and like be persistent. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. So then you decide to <laughs> not go seek out another corporate job yeah. and you decide to get into this freelance life. So what was the vision when you first started freelancing? Like, were you, you ready for it? Did you just make it up on the fly? What was that time in your life yeah, like? Like there was no plan. <laughs> no, just like, there help never me. Is. <laughs> help make money. Yeah. What do I do? So <laughs> yeah, at that point I was just like, screw this. Enough is enough. Like I don't ever want to work a job again. Like I'm the only person I can rely on. And like, um, I am so grateful to have this friend, Laura Lee from Digital 55. We used to work together at a previous job and she actually started her own company as well and she um was like hey I have like some work I can give you um just to help you bridge the gap if you want like a couple hours here and there this was like right before the holidays so she was like swamped just trying to get client stuff done so she passed me some like simple tasks like a couple hours of work here and there and then I had actually had a vacation booked which was funny like over the holidays so I got paid out for those vacation days anyway so I was like screw it I'm still gonna go had the time of my life, this amazing vacation. I came back in the new year with like a fresh perspective and I was like, this is it. Like, I'm just going to do it. Um, so I continued working with Laura Lee, picked up some more work from her. Um, and then I had like a friend's dad who needed help with his company's social media. And then his wife needed help with her company. And then the next thing you know, it was snowballing. And so I really was learning everything on the go. Um, I was doing social media, I was doing content writing. I didn't really know exactly like which part of that I wanted to like brand myself in or how I wanted to approach it. So I've kind of, I'm still evolving that. I think it's going to be like a constant evolution of like my service offerings and what my personal brand is. But yeah, that's how I kind of started picking up clients. Mm -hmm. And did you have to take on any side jobs in the meantime, or did you really just commit to making your money from your freelance services? So at that time, I definitely did. I was just like doing whatever I could to get by and just picking up as much work as I could. But I actually do have a part-time job now, which is a remote work job. So it's with like a bigger brand, which I probably won't say the name because I feel weird, but um, it's a remote work job. It's 
amazing. Like it's in the field, it's in marketing, it's in event planning. So um, I think that's really cool. Like I feel like I'm in this place now where I'm trying to find multiple streams of income. So I have this part-time job, which it's really nice because it's consistent. Every two weeks I get a paycheck, but and it, but it's flexible so I can choose my own hours, however much I want to work. Um, and they're really good about like, if you need to take vacation time, you can, no worries. It's totally remote. So it still fits in with my freelance lifestyle. Then I have my freelance clients and then now I'm working on building like my own products as well. So mm, I love that. And it is nice too to have that remote job that you're talking about because it takes a little bit of the pressure mm-hmm. off of like if you lose a client or yeah. um, if you feel like you're not making enough from the freelance business, it is nice to have that buffer of the paycheck still coming in. Yeah. But you're doing it on your own time. It's not 40 to 50 hours a week. Yeah. So you're not exhausted by the time you finish up that job. It gives you the time and the space to be able to build this consulting and freelance business. Yeah, no, it's really nice. And I, um, yeah, I like the flexibility and I like knowing like, yeah, if I have a slow month, I've got the safety net, yeah. um, especially end of the month, even right now I'm like sweating and I'm like, Oh, Friday's <laughs> payday. It's going to be fine. Like yeah. I've got <laughs> my nice little direct deposit coming tomorrow morning to look forward to. It so. is. It's important to have that peace of mind yeah. so that your anxious feelings around money aren't shining through in the work that you do for your clients. Yeah. I think it's actually just smart to do that. Yeah. So I know a lot of people listening are kind of like, they're toying with the idea of starting a freelance business, but they don't even really know where to begin. What were some of the first things you did um, in order to kind of set yourself up for success? Like, was it launching a website, putting together a package, doing social media, like just anything that comes to mind on what you needed to have in place? Yeah. So I feel like website and social media are the things that people think they need the most, Mm -hmm. but I think they actually don't matter (laughs) to get you started. Um, or at least like have something but it doesn't need to be perfect like I wouldn't lose sleep over it or sweat over it too much it's good to have like a touch point but it's really not necessary to be like perfect Um, and maybe that's the lesson is like you don't need to be perfect to start to start Um, my secret sauce which I will share today (laughs) um, Facebook groups and Slack groups and like these online communities like I legitimately will say like I've built my freelance business because of these groups I don't think I could have done it without them not just because I was able to find clients in those groups but also just because I learned so much from the other people in those communities like even just like observing what they're posting about or what they're telling each other and then asking for advice asking questions and then getting like um real good feedback from people who have done it already like it's been pretty inspiring to be in those groups and then also yeah finding actual clients they exist in there there's people Mm -hmm. that are like hey i'm looking for someone to manage my company's social media anyone available Mm -hmm. and i found clients that way i mean yeah and it can go overlooked but that's just online networking Mm -hmm. and you have to do it if you're not out at physical networking events get in a facebook group and start networking comment engage like talk to people you I have actually, to I find it easier than going it out is. to physical networking <laughs> events like I can do it in my pajamas from my bed or yeah. at like 11 p.m if I want like mm-hmm. you know it, I think it's better than having to and so for someone who is like what would, what do you mean network in a Facebook group like why don't, I'm not even part of any what would mm-hmm. your advice be for 
getting started get googling or like search within facebook i think a lot of people this is the thing is they're like i don't know how to start but they're not willing to really do any research or to look around in the world yeah um so go on facebook you know your industry better than anybody else what kind of groups are out there for me um you know you can find there's one in toronto that's for women in marketing and creative industries you can like search those keywords lots of women's groups actually um and there's social media pages like if you follow an account with a brand that you love chances are they're going to have an online community as well a good one is ladies get paid which is a slack group but it's all about like empowering women and supporting them and making more money um but the slack group also has tons of job postings or just career advice in general or people who are like hey i want to get this job at this really cool startup. Does anybody have a connection there? Like, Love that's it. the way to get it. Yeah. And the cool thing about Ladies Get Paid is that it's primarily based in the States. So I've actually gotten American clients through there. And then you're getting the USD money. Yeah, is so important for us Canadians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's such a great tip. I'm glad that you shared that. So now that you're doing your freelancing for many hours each week, I'm wondering, how are you scheduling your time? Like, what does a typical work week look like for you? And how do you manage flip-flopping between clients and just scheduling out your days? Yeah, so it's definitely been an evolution and it still changes all the time. No two day, two days really, no two days really. <laughs> Whatever that expression yeah, is. <laughs> um, but so I usually have like a weekly meeting with my part-time job. We have a little co-working sesh because there's another girl who works there who's also in Toronto. So we'll, we usually kick off our week together um, at a coffee shop, two hours, you know, just touching base on what needs to get done for that week. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, it's like juggling my freelance clients. Luckily, now I've got some longer term contracts. So these uh, clients are more structured, at least or I have a bit of a routine. Like I do all of the social media on Fridays. That's just kind of like locked in. But as far as like organization tips go, um, I use this technique called time blocking, which is like in my Google calendar, I'll just like input a couple hours, block it out of like what I'm supposed to be working on that day. And then I also use Asana, which I actually use with that music marketing company, which is kind of funny how things come full so circle. Years. I didn't even know Asana was that old. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would have been in like 2014. Okay. So yeah. it's been around a while. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Um, but I create, you can create all these different projects within Asana, color code them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, so I'll sort of like lay out my tasks for each day. Yeah. And it's good to keep a list um, and make the list before you have to do the list so that like you wake up in the morning and it's already done, you know what's on deck for the day. It's blocked out on your calendar and you know where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I love that. I use Asana too and I don't think I could live without it. Like yeah. it just, it got me off of a paper to-do list and just mm-hmm. put everything digitally and it's nice to be able to schedule things out months and years in advance and know that it's going to remind you yeah. exactly when you need to. And I think it's just great software for anyone who has a business. So. Totally. And I Good love tip. when you complete enough tasks, you get the unicorn. Go <laughs> <laughs> strive for that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I live for that unicorn. Yeah, too funny. Um, <laughs> and another question that I know probably comes up a lot for people starting freelance is how do you establish your rates? Like, mm-hmm. how do you know your worth? What do you charge when you get your first client? Do you ever raise your rates? I would just love to have your perspective on that for anyone listening who wants to get into freelance. Yeah. So this is like forever the most challenging question (laughs) for anyone because people love to like 
nobody wants to give a direct answer. Maybe nobody knows how to give a direct answer. I don't think I really do either. But a tip that I got from a recruiter actually was like, you set your hourly rate based on the first two digits of whatever your salary is. So say you were making $80,000 at your last job, your hourly rate should be $40. Wait. Yeah. Or eighty to. Yeah, she said it was half of whatever. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But and so I was doing that for a little while, and I think it makes sense for like longer term, like in office contracts. Yeah. You know, Forty dollars an hour for like a big brand. You're there for a week working. Yeah. I think if you're freelancing remotely, that's way too low, and you should actually double it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think like yeah, just keeping those first two digits as your base is a good place to start Mm -hmm. and then they also say you're supposed to raise your rates every quarter which i'm like just starting to experiment with most of my clients are long term so i can't really do that but um if i were to take on someone new i would be raising it at this point Mm -hmm. and then another thing that i've learned that has really helped is actually packaging your services rather than charging an hourly rate especially like depending on your trade whatever you do once you get better at it you get faster Mm -hmm. and so your clients really should be paying for your skill not for your time Mm -hmm. and so by packaging your services you can still do them faster and make like the same amount of money or more so Mm -hmm. that would be my tip that is the best tip you are so right because (laughs) as you do it more and more you are going to get faster and you don't want to be a slave to a clock like timing in timing out did i get to my six hours a week for this client because that could drive you insane if you're someone who wants to you know hold true to your word down to the minute Mm -hmm. it's just going to be exhausting so i love the idea of doing the package versus the hours to free up that mental space yeah i saw a quote somewhere that was like your your rate isn't based on like your time it's based on your experience Mm -hmm. and the value you provide yeah so like if you're fast and you're good um they should be paying you for that not necessarily for every hour of your life (laughs) that you devote to them if someone listening is actually looking to hire a freelancer right Mm -hmm. maybe they just started a business and they need some support whether that's in copywriting or in social media like, how can someone find a good freelancer to hire and work with? Do you have any tips on that? That is a great question. Um, I would, like, circle back to the Facebook groups again. Like, because yeah. that is where I find, find a lot of people are posting, like, hey, my company needs a freelancer. Anyone interested? Mm-hmm. So, same idea. Go in, like, just from the opposite side. You're going in looking for freelancers rather than looking for the projects. Um, Instagram is a great place. Like, maybe search, like hashtag freelance life you're gonna find people um and because everyone is remote now it doesn't really matter if you're searching in your same city or not Mm -hmm. um yeah and then otherwise just at other networking events or even like co-working spaces like if they have events maybe go to those events I don't know if that's helpful for people with big companies but Mm -hmm. definitely yeah do you think there's a perk to hiring like within the country you want to work or that you live in versus hiring a VA who's global. Mm-hmm. Cause I know virtual assistants seem to be the talk of the town lately. Yeah. And a lot of people confuse that with freelance and I'm sure there's lots of overlap, but then also some key differences. But would you suggest like work with someone anywhere in the world or find someone who you can meet with 
physically in person? Mm -hmm. I think it depends on your work style and like what you're looking for out of an employee. Like if you're someone who requires FaceTime or not an employee, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, if you're requ you're someone who requires a lot of FaceTime and a lot of regular meetings, maybe it's better to find someone in your city who can grab a coffee with you once a week just to check in. Mm -hmm. Not everybody needs that. Um, or if you're worried about like different time zones, like mm -hmm. you might want someone who's at least in your time zone or close to it so that you can keep tabs on what's going on. Yeah. I think it depends on the nature of the project too. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but a lot of people really don't care. Like yeah. if you're just like, just do the project and <laughs> send Absolutely. it to me when you're done, good enough. It doesn't matter where you are mm -hmm. as long as the quality's there. That's the beauty of living in the day and age we do. It's yeah. like you can work with people in the Philippines because they want to work with you. And yeah, yeah it's just unlimited opportunity. Yeah. So you launched a podcast, what, about a year ago? Yeah, less than a year ago. Less than a year ago. January. So maybe tell us like what your podcast is, why you launched it, and how it fits into your business right now. Yeah. So my podcast is called The High Vibe Show, and it was, I mean... It sounds like a pretty spiritual kind of name, and I feel like I am a spiritual person, and probably at that time when I lost my job and I was starting this business, like, I clung to that more than anything. Like, yes. I just needed that as, like, inspiration and, like, hope to even get through it, but I am really drawn to this idea of, like, high vibrational living, which is just, like, kind of, kind of like the visionary life, just, mm -hmm. like, what can you do to be the best version of yourself and mm -hmm. have, like, the best version of your lifestyle that you've built on for yourself on your own terms? Yeah. And as a writer, I've always loved interviewing people, so the podcast kind of just felt like a natural progression to, um, also I always wanted to be a talk show host, it's like a secret Love dream it. of mine, so I was hey, like, that could still come true. <laughs> it could, yeah, if this podcast takes off. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of the inspiration behind it, was like, I still want to interview people, I want to talk about career and freelance life and entrepreneurship, because that's just like what's on my mind all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the podcast seemed like a good place to kind of um, take that creative step and yeah it's all about just like interviews with cool people who are doing interesting things in those areas. Have you ever interviewed a low vibe person? <laughs> a low vibe person? Not yet. I was just like wondering if you're like expecting like oh this guest is gonna be so high vibe and then they I come in and you're like oh no. <laughs> I mean if I did I wouldn't tell you. Yeah, that's true you can't call yeah. them out. No. Um, and yeah, I love what you said about you started it because you wanted to talk more about career and entrepreneurship because yeah. I think selfishly, that's maybe one of the reasons why I started a podcast too, is because I wanted to have these conversations, mm -hmm. but I didn't really know how to ask for that. And like saying, want to grab coffee is kind of like, what's the intention behind that? Yeah. And what do I get out of it? And do people want to give away an hour to meet with someone random for coffee? But with a podcast, it's a great reason and excuse to sit down with someone who you have something in common with or you want to learn from and allow them to promote themselves too. So it's kind of a mutually beneficial mm -hmm. thing versus a coffee, which sometimes it's like, okay, you're going to pick my brain for an hour. What do I get out of this? Yeah. So I think it's it's such a, a great opportunity to, yeah, be able to spend time talking about the things that you're passionate about and that you want to meet more people around. Yeah, yeah. And, like, your friends can only hear so much or they only care so much. So it's a good way to meet new people. It's true. Yeah, I find, like, I'll try to bring up my business around some of my friends and they're just like, 
okay, and I'm going to talk about my full-time job now, and I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's important to surround yourself with people who kind of get you. Yeah. Of course, on the other end, surround yourself with people who just don't want to talk about work all the time, but yeah, yeah it's a balance. So to wrap things up, we'll get into some kind of quick fire questions around just how you run your business and just some systems you have in place. You can just say whatever comes to mind. So what's challenging about managing the daily operations of your business and your life? I think like finding a routine is always challenging. I feel like I'm always looking yes. for food, which is weird. <laughs> I'm just like always hungry and I'm like, where am I going to eat? Where am I like, do I pa- eat? Like you can't bring a lunch to a coffee shop, yeah. which is weird. Um, and self-confidence is a big part of it. Like I feel like the self-doubt never really goes away. Um, you just kind of have to power through it. And even things like finance or like accounting like are very scary and overwhelming to me but I'm just like teaching myself those things too learning about it because you have to those are totally two things that I really resonate with too is self-confidence and routine so Mm -hmm. I'm glad you shared that (laughs) is there a tool or a resource or an app that keeps you on track yeah so we talked about Asana I feel like that would be number one and my calendar like even my friends now know that I have to like book things in my calendar for like Mm -hmm. a social time like Mm -hmm. if it's not blocked in it doesn't exist so Mm -hmm. definitely my calendar when you feel stuck or uninspired or unmotivated but you have to get stuff done what do you Mm -hmm. do to shake that mood I still take a break like even if I have to get it done take a break and get back to it later even if it means doing it at 10 (laughs) p.m. I kind of realized I asked you that question in the beginning but it was just in a different word so I'm glad you repeated it so you also mentioned that you had some other offerings outside of your freelance business so do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is before we wrap up yeah so in speaking of like multiple streams of income I've got like my freelance services and then I've got this part-time remote job but then I'm also working on building my own program as well so um the first thing that I started which like by the time I air this airs it will have already happened is a workshop just on launching a freelance business which I'm next going to convert into an online course um and coaching program so I'm also doing a coaching certification with yes supply um so that's kind of like on deck for 2020 but I'd like to launch my program before I even finish my certification and it's all about starting a freelance business like I really found that once I started freelancing people were coming to me out of the woodwork like people from my past and you know friends of friends were like oh I'm interested in starting freelance I'd love to learn more how do you find clients how do you write contracts how do you do all of this stuff so I'm like oh maybe this is a market where people actually want to learn this stuff and I'd love to teach it so I love it I feel like that's such a good next step for you and I know that there's a huge demand for that so where can people find you if they want to learn more or connect with you yes you can find me on Instagram it's at the Kyla Clark um, or go to my website which is kylafclark.com and those are probably the two best places to find me. Awesome. Oh, and join my Facebook group, The High Vibe Co. It's a collective of other high vibrational souls who are all sort of freelancers, entrepreneurs, just interesting in connecting, interested in connecting and supporting each other. Cool. I will link all of those in the show notes. And thank you so much for your time today. I know thank we're going to flip roles now and I'm going to do your podcast. So people can go check that out too. But thank you for being on the Missionary Life Podcast, Kyla. Thanks for having me. 
thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I'd love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.